Hey guys, this is Erin. And this is Jamie. And we are two equestrians that come from very different backgrounds in hopes of becoming all-around horsewomen. Through this podcast, we will discuss all things horse-related, English and Western and everything in between. Today, you get to hear us talk with our friend Julie Stewart, who is a Masterson Method body worker. You get to hear all about how body work works, how it's helped my horses, and how Julie is literally a magician, um, and just how it can benefit your horse as a whole and your horsemanship as a whole. So we are going to jump right in. is we'd love to hear about your horsemanship journey from the very beginning to now. I, you just posted that cute picture of you as a little little girl with oh. that big Belgian. So I'm excited to hear about all of the things that from start to now. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm getting to the age where that story is getting kind of long. So truncated <laughs> <laughs> version. It's fun. No, I love it. Um. Well, gosh, I I always loved horses. So my my no one in my family is horsey but my parents are awesome and they always tried to foster whatever we were interested in i have a younger brother too um and so anything we thought we might want to do or get into they were at least down with letting us try it yeah and so i my mom even says horse was one of my first words i would always point at that we would go on drives um and so uh, that picture was uh, a family friend had a horse and she would take me to see her friend's horses and all that good stuff. And so um, <laughs> even though I didn't really start riding till I was eight um, mm-hmm. in like formal lessons, but I had um, lots of like one-off horse experiences like that um, as a little, little kid. And then um, I was I'm from Colorado originally and we moved here when I was about seven and that's when I started taking formal lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kept asking and asking and asking and I don't want to do dance anymore mom can I take I want to ride horses and yeah. so she was like okay <laughs> I guess we'll we'll do that and um gosh I feel like this is a messy retelling I'm just trying to remember like <laughs> no, all okay. of this stuff I mean my grandpa took me for pony rides when I was a kid so yeah my family even though they're not into horses have been really cool about it and I started off um, writing English, so I, re- I rode hunter jumpers all through high school. Okay. And um, where did you go to high school? Desert Vista. Desert Vista. Is that what what city is that in? Uh, technically Phoenix, but it's in it's in Ahwatukee. It's okay. not technically its own city, but they like to call themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just curious, so I can picture where in Arizona. But okay. Oh yeah, we were Mountain Point was our like rival school. Okay. Cool. That, you know where that is. Yeah. <laughs> um what was I talking about? The hunter jumpers. You rode hunter jumpers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even really know Western was an option. Um, like I knew people rode Western, but at that time when the Olympics were televised and stuff there, I mean, raining wasn't in the Olympics yet. So it was all like dressage and jumping. That's what you watched on regular TV. If you didn't have cable, like we didn't. And yeah. so it was like horse racing, show jumping, cross country. That was pretty much all you saw on right. 
the Olympics. So I was like, yeah, I want to ride English. And um, when I was in eighth grade, I got my first horse, uh, two-year-old off the track. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you were in eighth grade? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, trust me. It was a mess. Um, <laughs> I, I loved him so much, but boy, that was a steep learning curve. I'd been riding <laughs> horses and I'd never had a horse buck with me or spook or anything because he's these two lesson horses I rode were just, just little gems. And, um, then comes charming and <laughs> he oh would his own shadow at my four o'clock in the afternoon lessons. We'd come around the corner and he'd, you know, scoot and run off. And, um, that's actually where a lot of my really bad old injuries come from. Oh no. It started then. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, that was an adventure. I, I learned a lot. I learned to, I guess, the hard way <laughs> to, to really sit on a horse. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, I think in the beginning, I fell off um, three, at least three times a lesson. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was tough, but I kept three getting that a lesson? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, because I mean, he he didn't just like, oh, kind of jump to the side. I mean, he would like take off and buck. Oh my gosh. And it wasn't like thoroughbred dolphin leaping like a lot of them do. Like he could really buck. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ouch. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, you're a horse person when you keep falling off and you're like, you don't even think about quitting. You're just yep. like, oh yeah, this just happened. Whatever. I'm fine. I'll right. just just get back on. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> my poor mom um just just love love both of my parents for continuing to let me do this because <laughs> it really scared them so badly and um we have several home videos of me jumping around a course on him and every time he takes off you hear my mom go <gasps> in the cute <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, he chilled out eventually and turned into a really nice horse. He actually, my, my dad started coming to the barn and riding with me. He's Aww. an adventurous person and thought, well, I'm paying for this. I might as well have fun with it too. And yeah, Sundays we would go ride together and he ended up by the time we sold my horse, when I turned 18 and graduated high school, he was jumping around like two, three, two, six courses on him. How cool. Yeah, yeah. So he ended up being a really nice horse. And then he taught another girl um, when we sold him. I couldn't afford to keep him and I didn't have time going to college. So he ended up getting sold to a, a girl that was about my age when I got him. Uh -huh. um, I was like, oh, you'll have more fun at first. But I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an easier beginning for her with him. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I, I actually, uh, I actually tried to find him when I moved back here a, a while ago. Um, but I, I don't know, I don't know, unfortunately, where he ended up, I would have totally bought him back because probably would have been in his 20s. Yeah, um, I was gonna ago, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was he was my first adventure. I always loved thoroughbreds, but he was the first one that really, really kicked off my my love of thoroughbreds. And then um, then I went to U of A for college and I did, um, the, uh, animal science with an emphasis in equine industry. Oh, cool. So Ooh, very instead cool. of like biochemistry and some of the prereqs for vet school, um, I took business classes instead. So I have biology, you know, breeding, um, genetics, those types of classes, but I also took 
you know, like accounting and a class where we, we literally had to create a business plan for um, our hypothetical equine business and things like that. And cool. They have an equine program down there. I was only the second graduating class from this program. So it was very um, flexible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I got, I actually got to do several semesters of independent study on retraining an ex racehorse, which was super fun. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So at the time they bred thoroughbreds and part of the classes were, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Part of the classes were, were weanling, um, weanling training, yearling training, and then yearling sales prep class where we actually took them to the Arizona Thoroughbred Breeders Association sale, showed them to clients, and then they went through the auction to get sold. And that's, that's how the equine um, facility made its money for the year because they're not funded by the school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, learned a ton um, working with thoroughbred babies, got to, to learn a lot of breeding stuff. Um, and then there were, at the time, they were starting to build a, a show team and, and a lesson program. So I got to dabble in riding some English and Western pleasure, some ex-reigning horses. I just got to ride a whole lot of different horses. And it was really, really I think important for my riding education to just sit on a bunch of different horses that moved different, felt different, were trained different, did different sports. It was, it was definitely um, a cool part of my riding history and, and, and just really fun. Um, and then unfortunately the horse that I had to retrain from the track was not consistently sound. She had, um, she had chronic abscesses and, and some other issues. And so I didn't really get to ride her a whole lot, but it was kind of the beginning of, of getting to really dig into why, why X race horses have a lot of the um, quote behavior problems that they, yeah. that they do, um, why they're anxious, why they have some of the behavioral things that they do. So I still learned a lot, even though I wasn't able to, to ride her a whole lot. Um, Rosie, I call her my elephant. She was 72 oh. as a three-year-old. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And she has a super mobile upper lip. And so when you scratch her, it looks, it, I was like, oh, it's your elephant trunk. So, like, oh, cute. My elephant. Um, I also taught her to stand, um, not, we had a bridge, like a trail bridge. And so I'd bring her up the side of it and I taught her to stand with all four feet together, like that old school elephant on the pedestal trip. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any pictures uh, of that? Did you take any? Uh, not of her standing like that, no, but I do have I do have a few pictures of her as a poor college student. I didn't I didn't have a camera very often, but I do have a few pictures of her. You'll have to show me next time. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about the Masterson's method. Like, I don't know anything about body work apart from the little little thing that you told me like a few weeks ago. So <laughs> you explain all that and explain what like what it is, what you do, what is the Masterson method, and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Masterson method is a unique form of body work where you are you're using the horse's responses to help you find tension and you're helping them release tension and you're focusing on 
abdominal muscles, but then also key areas of their body that most affect performance. So their, their pole, basically, their shoulders, and then their, their hindquarters. Um, I think the way that it's the most unique is that you're really reading the horse's responses to find those areas. It's, it's, not, um, it's not a lot of massage. There is some massage involved, but it's very, it's very multi, um, multi-modality. So using, there's, there's craniosacral techniques in there. There's myofascial techniques. There's some massage. There's um, gentle range of motion with the joints to release tension in the joints. You know, it's, it's not just one technique. So I actually refer to it a lot or describe it to, to clients as more like physical therapy mm. than, than massage, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's so a good human equivalent of PT. Kind yeah, of. I've been through a lot of PT myself. So um, like, oh yeah, this is kind of like what I did this one time in PT. So um, I do I do refer to it more as physical therapy, but it's um it's not just for injuries. I mean, I'm sure you guys know being equestrians, but <clears throat> we all we all have we all have injuries, we all have old injuries, and even just being alive as a human, we <laughs> Yes. We get crooked, we compensate, and horses are the same way. And so they just compensate in a diagonal because they're quadrupeds. So they'll have, most horses are dominant in their right front and left hind diagonal. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see more tension like in the right side of their pole and their neck and their shoulder. And then that'll go transfer back through their ribs to the left side and their, their left hip will be tighter. Generally speaking, some of them are the opposite. If they have an injury, it can just be all down on one side. So it kind of just depends what's going on. But, you know, just like us, life creates tension in them. But then, you know, it's also useful for for injuries and stuff like that. How did you come Um, to find the Masterson's method? So like what led you to it? How did you even find out about it? (laughs) You know, it's funny. It's funny because the... um, you know, sometimes you hear about things and, you know, you acknowledge it and then you just go about your day and you don't really think about it anymore. And I had heard about Jim Masterson. He, he created the Masterson method and I'd, I'd heard about it before, but it really was not something that I just dove right into immediately or even I knew it was body work. But aside from that, I didn't really look into it at first. And then I was at, um, a few years ago, I was in Texas at one of Warwick Schiller's clinics. And there was a lady there, her horse was just really tense, um, dancing around her, just could not sit still, didn't have a lot of experience, I think, being in new arenas. So she started doing the bladder meridian technique on her okay, to help her relax. And that horse just melted. And within maybe like 10, 15 minutes, she was just standing in the arena half asleep with a, a leg cocked. Mm. It's like, oh, that's really interesting. Okay. For those who don't know what the bladder meridian technique is, what in, in just, I don't know, layman's terms, what would that be for someone that doesn't know what it is? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I uh, you can find videos of all of, all of this stuff on the Masterson Method website, by the way. So if anybody's interested in trying bladder meridian on their horse, do it. It's really cool. It's really fun. Um, you, you can't do it wrong. You can't hurt your horse. Um, you're essentially, so in Chinese, there's Chinese meridi- meridians and they're essentially the way that energy flows through the body. 
Mm-hmm. And Masterson, we don't use a ton of meridians, just the the bladder meridian. And it it's kind of the central one that it attaches to everything else. And so it's a great introductory way to just relax the whole body. And it's it runs from their pole about two inches off their top line, like down their back, their neck, their back. And then when you get to their hips down the poverty groove and then all the way down um, through the hock to the foot. Um, and so you can just slowly go through and you're, you're looking for blinks. So this is one of the ways that the Masterson method works. Um, you're, you're literally talking to their nervous system. So you're not using hardly any pressure at all. You're barely touching them, but they know you're there and they're, you know, they're a prey animal, right? So their instinct is to hide from you or a predator, a lion, whatever you want to think of it yeah. as. They're, they're programmed to hide tension and pain mm-hmm. so that they don't get eaten. It's just an right. instinctual thing that they do. Yeah. But when you are touching them so lightly that they can't brace against you, they can't help but show you where that tension is. And a, a lot of times it's a blink. Sometimes in some horses that are really defensive or have had this pain or tension for a long time, they'll, you'll see them try not to blink in a spot. <laughs> and if you just wait on those spots where they blink or are trying not to blink, they, they will release by licking and chewing, yawning. Sometimes if they're really holding a lot there, they'll, they'll sneeze really hard. Um, so yeah, bladder meridian is kind of the start of of getting all of that flowing. <laughs> so when they blink, that means that they have tension in that area. Yep. Interesting. I never so knew cool. that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's an involved try tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. I, I actually would really, I, I've been wanting to set up um, a demo at, at the barn. So yes. Um, so cool. Yeah. I would love to do that and show everybody how to do it. But again, you can, you can find videos of, of Jim, teaching you how to do it on the Masterson Method website too. So, so cool. you have a lot of free YouTube videos that he shares techniques. Um, that's another reason I love the Masterson Method is it's, it's just a, a bunch of amazing people that just want to share, you know, share this with as many people and as many horses as possible. And literally anybody can, can learn to do it. It's, um, you know, you're following the horse's response. You don't have to have a big background in, anatomy and physiology, you learn that as you, if you decide to get certified or if you want to learn it on your own, I mean, you can study it, but ultimately if you're following those responses of the horse, you don't necessarily have to know all of that to have an impact and help them relax. And so when you were at um, Warwick Schiller's, um, what do you call it? A clinic, Clinic. the clinic, (laughs) like what's the word? My brain is not, it's Friday. Um, so you saw them do that and then from there where did you where did you go with it yeah so so warwick asked her about it and she she told him what she was doing and it it just i noticed it and i kind of filed it away and then about that time was when i got altus my current thoroughbred okay and he's probably the the most challenging and involved rehab project I've ever had, both mentally and physically, with an off-track thoroughbred. Um, He was foundered to the point where his left front coffin bone was sunk to the ground when I got him. His other feet were also a mess, and he just has some, some chronic issues and old injuries from racing for a long time. He raced for eight years, so it's insane. 
That's a long time for a horse. Oh my God. He probably, he only has 38 races under his belt, I think, which for racing that long isn't a ton, but he also, I mean, he injured himself a few times in that time frame. So he would have had even more races if he'd been okay, but he also injured himself. So, you know, um, some race horses get body work, some don't, um, just based on how many, how many things he's needed help with. Um, I don't think he got a lot or, or any of that. And so it just built up over time because, because they hide that tension and they're programmed to not show that until they literally can't help it. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it just builds and builds and builds and they, they really don't have the capability to let go of a lot of that on their own. They, they do need help with that because they just, they literally compartmentalize it out in, in their brain and they just, they're like, okay, that's not there until their body literally starts to fail and they look lame. Yeah. So, so yeah, he, I knew he needed a lot of work. I knew I couldn't afford to get him worked on every two weeks, which is what he really needed in the beginning. Yeah. Um, I did have some practitioners come out and work on him um, that did more traditional massage and he was not receptive to that at all. Mm. He fought with these, I, I had a few different people work on him and he just fought with them the whole time. He was just so hot and so painful. Mm. And if you were doing things in a way that made him notice that, he was, he was never mean or nasty. He was just, he would just fling his head around and move his body around. And, and then afterwards he was so sore, he could barely lift his head. And I thought, this is just Aww. not gonna work. He's not gonna get better if he's making himself that sore from, you know, arguing with a practitioner. And so I had a light bulb moment, I guess you could say, where I just all of, one day, I just remembered that, that session at the Warwick Clinic. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I should look at Masterson Method. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe I didn't remember that until now. <laughs> and I went to the website and I started with Bladder Meridian and I watched the YouTube video and I just started doing it. And he was so in don't touch me mode that I literally couldn't touch him. I had to do, and this is going to sound crazy. It sounded crazy to me. So I don't blame anyone if they think <laughs> it's really woo-woo at first. <laughs> but I literally did bladder meridian from across the stall. Um, I didn't, I couldn't touch him. He yeah. would just move around or he'd nip at me or like just get away from me. So I couldn't look at him. I couldn't direct any of my energy towards him at all. Mm -hmm. It was just my hand up here, like going down his body quote. Um, from him. I was probably about three, four feet away from him. Wow. And he started yawning and sneezing and licking and chewing. And it was insane. And then I was hooked. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I felt like a Jedi master. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. What is happening right now? Um, but I this is this is how I'm gonna be able to help my horse. And I started watching all of the YouTube videos and I got um Jim has a, a book and a DVD that's the basics. They're the basics that are taught as well in the weekend seminar, which is like the first like in-person class that you can, can sign up for. Um, but 
he encourages people to try it, um, get the book and the DVD, play around with it. Um, Altus is very difficult to work on because he is so evasive in trying not to, as, as you've heard me say, Aaron, feel his feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he doesn't want you to notice where he's holding tension. He's, he's so comfortable hiding that, that it, it makes him very uncomfortable to notice it. And so for a long time, I thought I was doing things wrong. And then I met Jim for the first time at uh, the main event. Did, did you guys, were you here in Arizona? Or did you know when that expo, it only happened two years in a row up in Scottsdale. It was like a big horse expo. I didn't and, go to those. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and then, well, they quit doing it. I, I don't know what happened there, but um, I, I went the second year and um, Jim was there and I was talking to him in the booth and I was like, oh, I always, I always feel like I'm doing things wrong. You know, do you have any suggestions for me? And he said that you can't do it wrong. You can just learn to do it better. Hmm. And that's literally one of my favorite things anyone has ever said to me <laughs> about anything. I, I literally have applied that in so many areas of life, not just my horses. <laughs> right. that. But, um, but yeah, it, it really encouraged me to keep trying and keep experimenting. And so before I'd had any hands-on help with the classes, um, I just, I just kept working on it and, um, I just loved it. I started asking friends if I could work on their horses and practice and everyone else's horses were easier to work on than Altus. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of went down the rabbit hole from there. And then I did the weekend course um, up in Prescott. And then I went to California and did the, the five day advanced course. Um, it's, it's, it's really intense. It was an amazing life-changing experience but spending five days like down that rabbit hole sometimes it feels like a dream my brain was so like fried by the end <laughs> and physically like by Friday we were all like sitting in the barn like crying because I mean doing this work and and listening to these horses I mean you're essentially having a conversation with them about their issues um yeah Sometimes I feel like it's, it is like a therapy session where I'm asking them to notice things that they've blocked out. It's the same thing as a person who's had trauma and is blocking that out. And as a therapist, you're trying to get them to work through it instead of ignore it, right? Mm -hmm. So when I say they're feeling their feelings, they really are. Um, yeah. And sometimes it seems like maybe it is traumatic for them. So, you know, you, you feel that too as a, as a practitioner. Um, you know, when they let that go, it can be really emotional. And I've definitely had sessions where, where I've cried or um, just felt so, so tired at the end. And it's, it's beautiful and it's wonderful and I absolutely love it. But sometimes it's, it's very emotional. <laughs> yeah. I love it. My, so for everyone listening, Julie's worked on my horse Gideon and I could cry right now because he's changed so much <laughs> since she started working with him. And he used to be super anxious about so many things and like slowly but surely he's like less and less anxious about being in certain round pens. He doesn't want – like usually I'll put him in different areas um, around my barn that are not near his stall and he just has like a panic attack and he just can't stay still. He can't relax. He can't – he like only wants to focus on 
where is Aaron and then where is my stall? But now I can turn him out wherever and he's just like, okay, I'm good. I can like be a normal horse and chill out and, um, and just be who he needs to be. It's just, you're a magician. It's so great. <laughs> I love, I'm hooked for life. I think it's so important. You're so who making, would you? Oh, sorry. So who would oh, you? I was just say she's making me like get all because <laughs> honestly, like I just I love, I, I just love helping the horses. It's just it makes it makes my heart so full just to be able to, to help them in that in those kinds of ways. It just makes me so happy. So then when I hear stories like that, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like I'm gonna tear up and cry. Yeah. <laughs> I've literally had moments with him in this last week because she worked on him on Sunday. So that was almost a week ago. I've just stood there and cried with him because I'm one, I'm an emotional person anyways. And I cry about him often because I love him so much. But <laughs> <laughs> but I'll have like, just there's been moments throughout this week where normally he would have a very different response to me asking him to do things and it's just so much more relaxed like today how to ride my first like actual ride in the arena with him since you did body work on him and he was able to stretch down and relax and like I asked him up into the canner he didn't throw a buck once which sometimes he does when he doesn't want to do things but he had this nice stretchy canner and I was like oh my gosh I'm so happy so I'm, I'm hooked. I love it. <laughs> you brought that up because that, I mean, that's one of the things that um, is, is cool about Masterson Method and the way that it works and the way that you're working with the horse is a lot of times their behavior that we call, quote, bad behavior or them, you know, just, quote, being a jerk or something like that. It's, it's, it's based in something in their body and they're just trying to communicate that they're that they're uncomfortable and how else do they have to tell us that? I mean, they don't have any other way to tell us that. And so, um, you know, as that's one of the things I like about this method too, is that because I'm following their responses, they, they get that I'm listening to them mm -hmm. and they, they let that go. It, it develops trust, but not just with me, but with their, their people as well. Cause mm -hmm. you're just, they, they feel I imagine at least they, they feel heard and understood a little bit mm -hmm. and then, you know, they release that tension and they're like, Oh, I can move in a way I couldn't move before. Um, you know, I've had several horses that were really just so restricted in their whole shoulder sling. And I mean, as you guys know, like horses don't have a bony connection from their shoulders to their body. It's all muscles that hold their shoulders there. Mm-hmm. And so when that thoracic sling gets tight, I, I mean, I imagine they feel trapped in their own body because when I'm doing certain techniques with them um, and they're resistant to that, it's, it's really mimicking things like counterbending or, um, you know, even just asking them to back up correctly. They have to like lift through their thoracic sling. And if they're really, really tense there, they can't and they're, they feel stuck and it, it, puts them into basically like at least low level flight mode. Mm -hmm, and so yeah. if they're already like that. And then you're asking them to do something that's difficult for them. You know, they, they don't know what else to do other than react. And so when you release that, then they're able and they figure out, Oh, I can move in this way. Then, you know, mentally they're, they're back down to neutral. They can do things in a relaxed way. I think I've been on the website before and there's, um, there's ways to find people in your area. If I were to look up in Arizona, would I find your name in there? Yep. Okay. Oh, cool. So that's yep. 
And is it is it international or is it just in the U.S.? It's international. It's um, yeah, it's really grown in the last couple of years. The the level of interest, and now there are practitioners and instructors and mentors in on all continents. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty exciting how how much it's grown. Um, and, you know, Jim still does, he still teaches courses as well um, in the US and internationally, but he's only one person. So yeah, <laughs> he, has, he has gathered this fabulous group of, of instructors and mentors. And so, and you can do as little or as much as you want. I mean, you can just watch the YouTube videos and play around with it with your horse and then have somebody like me out you know, once a month or so, or, or whenever you can just to do a, like a full deep session on your horse. But then, you know, I can show you certain things to help you maintain your horse in the interim between sessions. And it helps your relationship with them as well as helping them release tension. So, you know, it's not one of those things where I'm going to hide what I'm doing because I don't want you to learn it. No, I, right. I just want to help the horses. And so and that's really the spirit of the Masterson method too. It's, um, that's one of the other things that I, there's so many things I love about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you can absolutely find a practitioner and you can learn to do some too. Uh, it's the courses are open to, to anybody. So you don't have to be seeking certification to go through the weekend or the five day advanced course. Okay. Um, there's also a, a home study course online um, that you can do. There's the books and the videos. There's the YouTube videos. So there's a lot of things that you can view and, and learn to do, um, even if you're not planning to, to go through certification. I just, I'm one of those people that once I find a rabbit hole, I'm down it and I'm, I'm all in. So <laughs> I'm the same way. Do you need <clears throat> prereqs to take the classes or is it just whoever? No, uh, I mean, it's probably, I mean, it's helpful if you have horse experience, but there have been folks in the, the classes that, that have very little horse experience. I think if you, you have the opportunity to maybe take some lessons from someone like you guys and learn horse handling and horse safety even, um, get comfortable picking up feet, those kinds of things, you're going to get more out of the classes. Yeah. The instructor won't have to help you with those things they'll be able to help you more with with the techniques so I would say if you're looking at doing something like that make sure you're really you get comfortable or find somebody to help you be comfortable with just basic horse handling um but yeah you you don't have to to have any any riding experience or a lot of horse experience in general to to jump cool. down that rabbit hole <laughs> I know I've been looking on the website at like hmm, what would it look like to go take classes because I just I love anytime you come out I'm like I love all this stuff so much I want to like it's I am the same way I jump down rabbit holes and just want to learn as much as I can and seeing how much it's changed Gideon in like I mean it's been a month and a half since the first session mm -hmm. it's it just it is insane it's so cool to see the change from in his anxiety levels alone, not, you know, that and then his physical capabilities too. It's really interesting. But so when you started, so how long did it take you to get certified? And then also you're a mentor now too, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. For fieldwork students in block two, which is the anatomy and biomechanics focused block. Um, so 
I went through it kind of speedy because I just decided to do it and I wanted to just do, do all of the things immediately. All so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I am also single and live alone and have, you know, I have that free time. So I definitely, um, you know, have students that have families and other obligations that, you know, they, they, not everybody has to do it super fast. Um, there are time limits just because they want you to keep progressing and not forget things and forget feedback you've gotten, but um, you don't have to do it as, as quickly as I did. Um, <laughs> so I did my weekend course. I'd already signed up for my five day and they were about a month apart, which okay. was great wow. because um, you do the home study course after the weekend course, generally speaking. Um, so I had plenty of time. It kind of reinforces what you learned in your five day or in your weekend course. Um, okay. You're getting out there and answering questions in the online form. It's online. So that's another reason um, that this was a great fit for me too, is because I didn't have to go to a school necessarily um, and like move somewhere to be able yeah. to do it. So my weekend was in Prescott. Then I did the home study course. Then I went to California and did um, my advanced five-day course. And I almost didn't come home. <laughs> <laughs> It was there and it was it was a I couple don't blame you. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was a couple summers ago. It was up in um are you guys familiar with Watsonville or Aptos? No. I think I've heard the name Watsonville, but I've never been there or know where it is. South of Santa Cruz. So it's um but it's it's more rural. It's like farm, it's like more of a farm community. And okay. so oh it was so beautiful. And uh the weather was fabulous too. And it was, it was the, the hottest week of the year here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Hey mom, I might stay here. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> So after the five day, then you go into your field work, which you do wherever you are. So you don't have to travel for, to work on horses for field work. So there's three mm -hmm. blocks. They each have a different focus. The first block is just solidifying the, te the advanced techniques that you learned in the five day. And you work on a minimum, you write up five courses, two sessions each for case studies. Um, definitely you'd wanna work on more horses than five in that time, but you write up five of those horses for case studies and submit them to a mentor. Um, and if you don't you make your mentor, you can pick your mentor. Yeah. But you don't have to no. you don't know anybody that you want to work with. You, you don't have to. Okay. So, um, yeah. And you, there's a template and there's, you know, that your mentors are, are very involved. You, I, I talked to my mentor sometimes on the phone, but what they do, they're not grading you. They're giving you feedback to help you get better. Okay. So um, a lot of people come in feeling like, oh, did you grade my case study? And I'm like, I'm not grading it. I'm helping you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Truly a mentor. You're, um, uh, you're not, you know, it's not like a pass fail kind of thing. If you're not doing well, we want to figure out how to help you get better and how to improve on things that you need help with. So block one, um, when you're done, you go to a coaching. So then you hook up with a coach hopefully there's there's a lot of coaches across the country and internationally so usually you can find one in your area um in arizona it's a little tough because some of the the coaches and instructors aren't here year round which i don't mm. blame them i don't want to be here in the summer either yeah um, <laughs> so i went to tucson and i did my first coaching in 
on. Um, and it's just a, it's a day, usually it's just a day. If there's a couple of people doing coaching, it might span a weekend, but it's just hands-on. It's like, here's what you've gone through. Here's what you've been writing up in your case studies. What do you want to work on? Um, and it, it's just, it's really fun. It's just like personalized instruction with your coach. And then they um, say, yep, you're good to go. Or no, I, I need you to do a couple more work on these things and then come back to me again um, before I let you go on to the next block. So they really are very thorough at making sure that, that you are where you need to be and, and doing things in the way that, that you should be doing them before passing you on. And then block two is anatomy and, and biomechanics, which as you know, is, is my, my nerd realm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am uh, going through that block is, is really, really fun. And I'm, I'm loving being a mentor for, for block two students. Um, I've done a few zoom calls like we're doing where it's kind of webinar style. Let's talk about biomechanics, all that fun stuff, but you don't have to be intimidated by it. Um, I I've noticed that a lot of students come into block two being really intimidated and feeling like they have to memorize the Latin names of all the muscles and all that stuff. I don't know that stuff. I have to look that up in a book. Um, the important part is, you know, where the connections are and, or you learn where the, that's the point of the block is, is you're learning this stuff. You're, you know, as you feel something that feels maybe a little weird in your session, go look it up, jump down that rabbit hole, figure out what are the connections here in the body and how, why might this horse be having a hard time with this? For example, like if you're doing a, a scapula release and you're asking the horse to drop their shoulder down and forward essentially you're asking you're really you're dealing with the leg so that's why they call it down and forward but really your your scapula is actually rotating backwards mm -hmm. and so if they're having a hard time with that they'll have a hard time bringing that leg down and forward in a relaxed way mm -hmm. so why why would they have a problem with that well go to your anatomy books you know dr google like whatever it is that you that you use there's a um a lot of resources on the Masterson website, but then there's, there's tons of great books as well. Um, and so, yeah, that's really the spirit of the block is let's learn this, not you should come in knowing mm -hmm. all of this stuff. And, you know, you're not going to not pass if you don't know all the Latin names of the, the muscles, because most of us still look that up too. I worked a lot. <laughs> as a vet tech for a long time as well. And let me tell you how often we and the vets look things up. Like no one sure. the Latin names of everything. It's just right. not does that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no thanks <laughs> remember all that stuff you have a special skill set that I will never have so <laughs> yeah um, so yeah so then you do another coaching and then you go on to block three and block three is really putting it all together like what what are we seeing in this session what might be a primary issue for this horse you know what how how often should I recommend this horse get worked on initially you know what it's just all putting the big picture together. And then you do a final coaching. And when you pass your final coaching, you are then clear to go to the final certification course with Jim. Oh, um, cool. Oh, yes. you have to actually go to him to get certified. Yes. That's um, awesome. That's really he travels cool. around. So, like, I, got, I did my certification when he was in Tucson. So, you don't have uh, to. Gotcha. Certification, but right. there is one certification course quarterly, I think, is how they kind of do it. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I got to go to Tucson and do it. And just working with Jim was amazing. I've had 
such incredible instructors and mentors and I've learned something different from everyone. But, you know, I don't know if he wants to be, but he's kind of a celebrity because he created this method. And wow. so I'm glad I met him at main event so I could get my fangirling out of the way. Um, and then <laughs> working with him was so fun. He's, he's such an amazing person. Just when you walk up to him, you just, you feel this, just, he just has this amazing energy. Um, you know, when you meet those people that you're just like, I, I want to hang out with you like forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those people. Um, and he's, he's very funny. He's always telling what I call dad jokes. Um, I got made fun of a lot for being super short, which is funny because I specifically asked him to show me some modifications of certain techniques for a short person working on a taller horse. Uh, Um, I'm only five feet tall. So, um, you know, sometimes I have to do things a little differently than a person of maybe average height. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it was, it was an amazing time. And really by the time you get to the certification course, you're, you're, you're pretty well ready to be certified. He's, he's, he doesn't want to have to, you know, fail people or tell them, you know, you can't, you can't move forward or you're not getting certified. So really you're ready. And it's, it's called a certification course because yes, he's signing off on you that you have learned everything he wants you to learn to be certified, but he's also teaching you, you know, additional ways of doing techniques for your biomechanics or your, <laughs> um, your height uh, yeah. and things like that. So it's, it's really an intense learning weekend and it's it's a lot of fun so that's so cool and then you don't stop learning (laughs) yeah it's a continual just a continual journey with horses there's always more there's always something new to learn which is so fun (laughs) um I had so those I want you to um recommend those books that you let me borrow for everyone else read because they are so great if you could list them out and why you love them so much I want you to do that and then I'm going to ask you one last question okay cool so one of my very favorites that I feel like every horse owner can benefit from owning is a book by Jacques Ballou J-E-C-B-A-L-L-O-U I follow her on Facebook Instagram everywhere Um, one of my instructors uh actually is like takes lessons with her um oh, cool and wow. and recommended her book to me and I, I've watched her teach and she she's absolutely fabulous and um she has a book what is it called 55 corrective exercises for for horses and it's it's riding and in hand um some of what she does I can't do in Arizona because we don't have hills <laughs> I wish <laughs> I know some of the hill work stuff I really wish we could do, but um, it's, it involves, you know, different poles and obstacles. And the the biggest premise that I've gotten from her that was kind of life-changing for me was understanding that you have to wake up and train the postural muscles first, because if you just go straight to trotting and cantering without enough warm-up of the postural muscles, you've lost your chance to activate them. So it doesn't matter what you do in the rest of your session you can't wake those back up and impact them. So you have to work on them first. And doing some of these exercises on the ground um, and, and under saddle will, will do that. And then you are strengthening your whole horse, literally, when you're riding. 
Um, and they're fun. They're really fun to do. They are they're fun. <laughs> and they're challenging. And they're, you know, it's a way to challenge your horse's mind too, as well as their body, instead of just, you know, getting on and walk trot cantering twice in each direction in the arena. So yeah. it keeps things fresh, but it's also kind of cross training your horse without having to like learn a whole new sport or, or something like that. So that's a fantastic book. And I actually give my clients homework from that book quite frequently. So if there's specific exercises I think will really help them, I will, I will just take screenshots and send those to them um, and, and give them homework in between sessions. So, and there's good pictures in it. I love like the whole layout of the book is so like user friendly. I really yeah, you can take it to the barn and have it with you and flip through it. It's a really hearty book. Um, she has some other ones that are fun too. I don't, I don't, um, I'm not at this place with my horse, but there's, she has like a, um, arena book for, I think just traditional dressage and then for cowboy dressage as well. Um, just different, fun, interesting and challenging arena exercises too. But, um, but yeah, I, I would probably start with 55 corrective exercises. And then I also love, um, oh my goodness. <laughs> there's one. Okay, there's, I think it's called War, War something. Tug of War, yes, yes. thank you. Um, Tug of War, it's by a, a German trainer and clinician, um, I'm probably going to butcher his name, Gerd Hirschman. Hmm. Um, I don't speak German, clearly. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gerd. Uh, I really, really um, love that book. It is very thin. When I got it in the mail, I was like, really? That's, that's it? And then I read it. And it made my brain explode. It's if you're interested in biomechanics, which is the way your horse's body moves in motion, like how it functions. Mm -hmm. um, some people call it functional anatomy. That that book is amazing. It has great diagrams and the way he describes things. Um, it just made some things click for me that didn't before. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, if, if you want to dive down the biomechanics rabbit hole, that's, that's a book I definitely recommend. Yeah. And there's one more that was, it's like collective. Collection or contortion. And that's also by him. Um, yes. That, that's specifically dealing with, with correct collection, what false collection can look like um, mm -hmm. and what, what it's doing to your horse's body and um, what, what you can do and how you can build your horse back up with correct work. So that's a great one as well. Yay. Thank you. I yeah, just feel like if it, if anyone's listening, that's like really interested in body work and seeing how their horse should properly move and doing exercises to help all those things, that's huge. Cause those books were really, they exploded my brain too. So <laughs> I'm like, I really like them a lot. I need to buy them cause I'll, they'll be like in my, horse bible collection um <laughs> i really truly think that you know dressage is not just competition it's it's right i i i would like to maybe create a new name for it because people hear dressage and think oh well i don't want to compete but really classical dressage is about developing your horse developing symmetry in your horse mm -hmm. and just helping him i mean at the end of the day I think most people know at this point that, that horses aren't built to carry a rider. They're not. Um, but we can do things to help them be stronger and stay sound longer and be our riding partners for a really long time by doing 
classical dressage and it's it doesn't have to be scary or pretentious or even even like fancy i mean i think people think of like grand prix dressage when they think of that it's like no 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 there's a lot of things you can do like in the 55 corrective exercises book that they're they're considered dressage or it's considered dressage in handwork and it's beneficial to your horse and it, it doesn't have to be fancier about competing. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the very last question, what's one thing that you would change about the equine industry as a whole, if you had one thing to pick? Um, that's, that's a, a really very vague question. Yeah. <laughs> there could be anything, but we're always a really loaded question. Um, yes. <laughs> pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think for me, the, the big theme that's popped out um, since I started, you know, um, following the various trainers that I follow, including, you know, Warwick and Jack and um, learning Masterson method is just I, I'm really happy with the shift I've seen in the horse industry where it's become a thing to aspire to, to listen to your horse. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to getting made fun of it when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I would really just, I would really like to see that wave continue. I want to see it grow. I want to see it spread across all aspects of the horse industry, especially showing. Yeah. Uh, I think we can still do fun things that we want to do with our horse, but we have to listen to our horse first. Mm. and build trust and connection and make sure that their body is physically able of doing that. And I, I think just being aware of that and it's already started, but I, I just want to see that wave continue and expand until it's just the way everybody does things. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Well, thank you so much. I'm so yeah, happy that so we finally, finally made it happen. Gosh. I like to learn so much. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I just want to get all the books and like... <laughs> And, and do some body work. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, I, I would, I, obviously, I love talking about this, and I can go on about it forever. <laughs> so if, if anybody ever has, has questions or, um, you know, anything like that, the, and resources, the Masterson Method website's an awesome place to start. Those books are great, and yeah, I don't know. I have, um, I'm on Instagram at uh, Connected Touch Equine Bodywork. Yes. And so if any, anyone ever wants to ask me about resources, books, questions about anything, please feel free to reach out. My contact information is also on the Masterson Method website. So yay. Yeah. Yay! So good. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Well, this was super fun. I'm so glad we finally made it happen. 